0: Hello brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining in. This is Submit Matthew. Thank you so much that you're listening to the podcast. To honor. We are continuing with the I Am series. I Am series is the, based on the seven sayings that Jesus said that start with I Am and one saying he ends with I Am. That's the eighth part. Um, As we were learning in... God had opened our eyes to see things that we had not seen before and therefore the series has already come to the third episode with the first point so um, it's going to take a while before we come to all the seven points but that is where and how God works you see we submit our life to God and ask him to teach us And it is he who teaches us. He's the one who guided, inspired the apostles to remember everything Jesus said and taught, to write it down in a manner that people would read it for centuries. And it is he who will remind us about Jesus when we hear it, when I say it, and when you meditate on it. So let us pray, Father you will open our eyes, you will open our wisdom, you will let us understand the mysteries of the Bible, that it will be extremely fundamentally practical to our lives, so that we may glorify and glorify your name alone. In the name of Jesus we pray, Amen. Hey brothers and sisters, so this is the third episode of the IM series. Um, this is actually the second part of the I am the bread part. so therefore we have to cap, redo a recap you know of what we learned what we saw in the last one uh, and also realize how this ties in. Now the metaphor water is used in the Bible often to indicate life and Jesus uses it also very really Similarly, even John uses it whenever he tries to talk about Jesus. We would see in this time a number of portions. Um, They all are in the blog to internetofdates.blogspot.com. I would have linked it in this episode. If you're listening on Spotify, send a request up at Renew to Honor on Instagram, and I will have it. Shared to you. So, um, what's happening here? In the last episode, we saw that it was the Festival of Booths. Festival of Booths or Festival of Tabernacle was this um, festival that happened in the later season. And uh, we see the so it says on the 15th day of the seventh month, which is almost October, November. And uh, the sermon was given in church in November. I know I've taken time to make a recording, but yeah, it took a long time. Um and in November, they or October number, they would have this um, planted planting season done, and they would be waiting for the rain to come on the land. And just before those seasons, before the rain season, they will all come to Jerusalem and they will set up tabernacles so this is from um the bible which i'm going to read in Leviticus 23 37 to 43 it says in verse 39 it says on the 15th month or the 15th day of the seventh month it's almost half of the seventh month when you have gathered in the produce of the land you shall celebrate the feast of the lord now this is after the Summer harvest, so before the next planting season. So that day you shall take fruit of the splendid trees, palm trees, leafy trees, the brook, the willow, tie them all together and you will rejoice before the Lord. Well, the Bible doesn't say tie it all together, but yeah, Um, you should celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It's a statue forever through the generation and you should celebrate it in the seventh month. You should dwell in these booths for seven days and the native Israel shall dwell in the booth that your generation may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths or tents uh, when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God basically what happens is this is a time of festival there is no rain summer has just gone by um it's early autumn um, and people will all gather in these tents some people say these are like some they are sometimes covered with palm trees you know where but they were pumped palm, palm leaves were not so well interleaved so you know they would be whole some people say that they never had roots In all of cases, it was dwellable in the morning and night through the rain, and they would lie in these, look up at the beautiful thousands of stars, and during those times they would have this time of meditation, reading through the scriptures, how God led the people in the spirit. This is really important for the next uh, two. Um, talks that uh, next two episodes also in the same series, and they would wait on the Lord, and they would just celebrate God and His faithfulness, and they would do this for generations. You would find this everywhere. Uh, you would find this even the new, uh, even in um, Esra and Nehemiah stories that people did this. And one of these days. They would have on the first day. They would have this memory of God being their water. Um, now, um, there's this book called "The Kingdom Come" by Sam Storms, where um, Sam Storms explains what basically happens. This, so he says about um, this place of water. So on the seventh day this is on page 21 in this book on the seventh and the final day of the feast a typical celebrant um, celebrant would carry on his right hand the lulaba, that has a branch of the metal tree one from a willow and a branch of a palm tree all tied together on the left hand they will have a throk or a citrus branch um, in today's modern Jewish culture, they carry a lemon instead of that. Um, and one priest would take in his hand a golden pitcher. He will lead the crowd in a festive position to the accompaniments of flutes and trumpets, to dancing, to the pool of Silo. He, from there, he would fill his pitcher with water in the pool, from the pool, and leading the worship parade with shouts of joy back to the temple. During this time, they would be meditating and reading through from Psalms 130 to 118. Um, he would take this water in this picture, go to the altar where the sacrifice had been recently offered. He would pour the water through a funnel which led to the base of the altar and then in accompanying to the flute shaking the lulapa that is the um, willow palm tree and uh, the metal trees, branches tied together, and the etrog, the citrus branch, in the left. The people would chant antiphonally. Um, they will end with Psalms 118 verses 24 to 29. The symbolic purpose of this water ritual considered the high point of the festival was to remind the people the provision of water from the time they were in the wilderness. They were wandering through that and also as a promise that their their future crops would have rain. Now, just imagine this. You are standing in the midst of this amazing high energy crowd. The priest has just cared, had this golden pitcher, and he pours the water down onto the altar and everyone is worshiping God. Uh, you've been meditating through Psalms 113 to Psalms 118. Psalms 113 it says God is unique, God is holy, God is caring. Psalms 114 it says the waters trembled Lord." Um god turned rocks into pools of water um this also reminds us a story in exodus 17 5 to 6 where god tells moses to go and and strike um the rock and water will come out of it In Psalms 115, it says, glory belongs to God. Israel trusts in God. God is your blessing. Your idols are worthless. Psalm 116 says, God will give us rest. God will hear us. So we will give thanks to the Lord. 117, the shortest Psalm. God is faithful. God is loving. Psalms 118, God is mighty. And the verse that they would have finished reading is this. Uh, verse 24 onwards the lord has done it this day let us rejoice and be glad lord save us god grant us success blessed is he the one who comes in the name of the lord from the house of the lord we will bless you the lord is god he made his light shine upon us with boughs in our land join in festal positions up to the horns of the altar you are my god and i will praise you you are my god i will exalt you give thanks to the lord because he's good his love endures forever this is the energy of the people. They've been praising God. The voice is calm down. You are there, the people you are praising, singing hallelujahs. A man stands in the corner and he says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink for the who believes in me as the scripture said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water what just happened would be a question who is that man why is he saying that and what is his authority this is what we're going to look today You see, in Isaiah 44, 1-5, there's this verse saying, Now hear, O Jacob, Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus is the Lord, who formed you from the womb, I will help you. Fear not, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. For I will pour my water on thirsty land and stream on dry grounds. I will pour my spirit upon your offspring and bless you and your descendants. They will spring up like grass uh, spring up among the grass like willows by flowing streams and Jesus is standing quoting these verses and saying if you believe in me from your heart living water will pour out brothers and sisters this is our portion this is our point what has happened is, is the people are believing and looking at God praising God for his faithfulness, saying that the only God who can provide living water, and then there is Jesus standing up and saying, if you believe in me, living water will flow out of you. When we talk about living water, we have to remember of the vision that Ezekiel saw. Ezekiel saw this beautiful vision In Ezekiel 44, 1 to 9, he talks about water being flowing from the temple on towards the sea, making the sea fresh. You're talking about a river that makes the sea fresh. And Ezekiel goes into this river, first his ankle deep, then his knee deep, and then his waist deep, and then he cannot even swim. He is on every side there were life-giving water plants were growing fish were swimming and there were many fish there were a lot of living creatures that were swimming and growing and populating this water that even the sea even the turbulent dangerous sea that killed freshwater animals became fresh because of this water and Jesus is quoting all these things and saying, if you believe in me from your life, these water will flow. Bible, John writes it saying, um, thus he's speaking about the Holy Spirit who has not been given till Christ had been revealed to be the Messiah, the King and God. See how rich this event is. There's so much praise. People are energetic. They are praising God. And Jesus says, if you are thirsty, come to me and drink. They are not thirsty physically because there are a lot of pools and water and everyone is celebrating that God provides them drink. And Jesus says, if you think you need this water in your life, come to me. I will be the water for you. Jesus equates himself to God and says, Here, there are a person who poured out water for you from the rock. That is me. Jesus is saying, people, the reason you celebrate the festival is to remember that God lived in your midst. You stay up in the tents. You put up tents to remember that once upon a time, God walked among you. And here I am. I am that God who walked among you I'm in your midst. I am the rock from which water was poured out. I was a tabernacle at which your ancestors worshipped. You pour water into the altar to show that God is a God whose spirit will flood the earth. I'm telling you, I am going to offer you. That same spirit. Brothers and sisters, these are the points that we roam up in the sermon. One, he knows that we thirst. Jesus does not offer water if he didn't know that we thirst. He knows we thirst. Second one, he says, I offer this water freely. He is the only one who can offer this water freely. Let's go into a few portions to see what this water actually means. Zachariah 13.1 says, On that day, from the house of David, a fountain will be opened, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for the kingdom of Jerusalem, to cleanse them from their sin and uncleanliness. Jesus is saying, here is the root of David ready to clean your sins and your uncleanliness. In Joel 2, 28 to 32, you can all find these verses on the blog. Joel 2 says, I'm going to pour out my rain. Um, And in Joel 2, 23, he says, he poured out rain, the earlier and latter rain. And he says, in 28 to 32, he says, young men see visions, the old man see dreams, male and female servant, I'll pour my spirit on the days, I will make wonders, blood, fire, columns, of smoke, the sun will be turned into darkness, moon into blood before the day of awesome, the awesome day of the Lord. Um, Zechariah 10.1 says, ask the Lord for the spring rain, the one who makes storm, cloud, storm clouds, he will give them rain. You see, Like Samstrom said, one of the reasons that these people celebrated this festival was also to say that, yes, my God will give us the first rain in which the dry ground, which we just recently harvested out, gets wet again, where we can plant the next set. And God will also provide the later rain that happens just before the spring harvest, where it is good that the plants get one final shot at growing properly. And not, a, and not get damaged. In Hosea 6, 3, it says, As surely as sun rises and appears, he will come to us like a winter rain, like the spring rain that waters the earth. So these people are with that expectation, that there will be a rain, there will be the water, there will be a place where God comes to us. Like I said first, Jesus knows that we thirst. Three things that these people did that time, we'll go into that first. One, they looked back. They looked back and celebrated God. They remembered the scriptures. They remembered it is God who provided them water. They looked at the present time and they said, we're not going to pray to other gods we saw in the episode 1 for how the egyptians prayed for other gods to provide them they said no we're not going to do that we're not going to offer idols we're not going to offer any sacrifice to idols because we know that it's only god who is worth honoring and we will only honor him and he will provide us a ring so they they we're looking at the present and they were looking at the future saying that one day when God will provide us the future rain, that will be the rain for the harvest. And he says that also has a spiritual man that one day God will come to us with His spirit. That's what the prophets have been talking to us about. And Jesus stands there and says that. One, I know you thirst. Two, I will provide you water freely. Three, you drink this water, you will be quenched and from you, living water will come. So, Jesus is first of all in this place, the rock. He invites us into this fountain, to the spring, to the source. He's not giving us a chance to be a bottled water. Brothers and sisters, there are people who treat Jesus like a bottled water. They say, I can have him when I need him. No, he's saying, I will be the rock. You have to be at the rock to drink from the rock. He's not someone that you can package him up. He invites us to this experience, to live with him, to tabernacle with him. And this is the free offer of the gospel. In Revelation 22, 17, the church and the, the Spirit says, Come, let anyone who hears, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. And t- let him who desires take the water of life without price. It's the same verse, echoing from Isaiah 55. in who is thirsty, come. Come to the water. He who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Listen to me diligently and eat what is good. Delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ears. Come to me so that your souls may live. God is saying that. And Jesus is repeating here and later in Revelation. The Spirit is repeating it. And the church is repeating and saying, Listen, this is where you come to live. You know, when Jesus says that, He is telling them and He is telling us this thing: You want the living water. You come to the source of the living water. You want to drink daily by the living water. You come to the source of the living water. You do not dig up your own wells. You do not try to quench your own thirst, because like the same, like the Samaritan woman, we too would try to drink from our own wells and always be thirsty. And Jesus says, I'm not giving you a choice. You are thirsty? I know that. You want water? Come to this well. Dear brothers and sisters, I hope you've been listening. Um, This small section is only meant for those who understand theology to a deeper extent and people from reformed traditions or those who have understood um, words like tulip and calvinism or um, limited atonement now why am I talking about this in this part is the water that Jesus offers is free As people of Reformed tradition, most often we fail to understand the free offer of the gospel. John Murray has written a wonderful essay on it. But in short, this is what the free gospel means. There is a free offer of the gospel that has a strong and explicit biblical warrant and traditional reformed position has highly maintained it god positions himself to the wicked because he is willing to save the wicked he pleads with them to repent from their sin through his spokesman the church the universal appeal of the gospel is The external means by which God in his own time sovereignly calls elects individually into the fellowship of Christ. So, the gospel is the means by which God tells the wicked to repent of their sins. If in the gospel God offers Christ freely to the world, then Christians must also do the same with the offer. It is a duty of all to believe. Only those who believe in Christ go to heaven, go to live with Him. Why would an unbeliever want to stand in front of the one he has hated? So, as Christians, as preachers, as believers it's our duty to offer Christ freely we must boldly to anyone anywhere without hesitation and I hope that it echoes in my heart as much as it should in yours this statement if you will come to Jesus he will save you to anyone the wickedest of wicked people Because God has offered this life in Christ freely to all. Okay, the rest of you can come back now. So let's summarize what we've been going through. One, Jesus knows that we thirst. Brothers and sisters, He is sufficient to quench your thirst. Two, He is the only one who provides the water. That means we have to live at the source of the water to get this water. Three, he knows, the Bible states, that if we drink this water, our thirst will be quenched. If you are someone struggling with faith, if you are wondering, is God good? And his goodness is perfect for me in this time, in this moment, drink the water it will do you good I had struggled in my life with the same thought I'd come to the place saying is it worth it all I said fine I'll take the dive I will jump in into this pool of water and my dear brother said that is the joy that I have now Ezekiel and Joel talks about people who are led by the Spirit, that they desire more of God. That when the Spirit of God is upon those people, it not only really changes them, not only they become pools of fresh water, from them these river flows that changes the land around which this water flow, that there are trees growing in, changes the people that they interacting, that there are fishes and all kind of creatures growing in, and the best part, the whole world being changed through it. That when this water reaches the sea, it change makes the sea sweet. This is the presence of Holy Spirit in our life. If you are a person who has not Sort the Spirit. Earnestly desire the Holy Spirit. Earnestly desire to be filled and living in communion with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking just about tongues. I'm not talking about prophecy or... No. Um, This is a book by Brother Lawrence that says on the practicing the presence of God. I would highly recommend that here. So, let's conclude. Like the Israelites, let's look back. Look at our life and ask ourselves, are we thirsty? Are we thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Are we thirsty for a new life in Christ? There is this bad tradition churches follow and people follow where they say, Lord, I rededicate my life to you. No, my dear brothers and sisters, why are we rededicating a life? Let's just dedicate our life. You've lost your way. Fine, dedicate your life. Say, Lord, I dedicate my life to you. Don't try to build your Christian faith based on what you thought. That you believed in you know there was um, a pastor friend of mine who told me this example um, you know we for some reason we sat down during one of those days where we had this close affection for god and we prayed for five hours straight on and we forgot to eat lunch 10 years down the line you're thinking about your relationship with God, and like, yeah, there was this one day I did not do that. I used to probably I think I used to do that every day, and now I don't even have five minutes. You know, your brain has its way, and your heart has its way of guilt tripping you into those. Don't. Your foundation begins in Christ. Bring your foundation onto Christ, and say, maybe I was a much holier person, if you want to use the term. Today I will I'm willing to be made holy again. I'm willing to come to God again. Count your blessings. Seek and prize your salvation. See how God has saved you. Dedicate your life. See, Know that God is good. Hebrews 2 1 to 4 says Therefore pay close attention to what you heard lest we drift away for Even the message was declared since the message was declared by angels it was proved to be reliable and every transgression and disobedience received a just retribution. How then shall we escape such a great salvation? It was declared first by the Lord it was attested by those who heard it and while God brought witness to it with signs and wonders and various gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. So price your salvation don't look at your life and say, okay, if God has saved you, and you know that God has saved you, and you know there's a clear repentance, God, if you think there are places you slip back, dedicate your life, don't go rededicate. don't go try to build on top of broken promises, wipe it clean, start new. Second one, like Israelites, let's look at the present, we need to trust God for today's problems. Every day has its own issue. I would highly recommend Isaiah chapter 55 here. So let's trust in God today. Ask God to lead you. Ask God to quench you. In Isaiah chapter 55, God stands there pleading, come to me if you're thirsty, come to the waters. If you have no money, come, still buy in it. Why do you spend money on what is not bread and do work that does not satisfy Listen, listen to me. Eat what is good and your soul will delight in the riches. Come to me and you listen to me that your soul might live. That is the promise that God gives you even today. Third one, look ahead. We need the Holy Spirit. Ask God. To fulfill this desire. The Bible says, earnestly desire, spiritual gift, earnestly desire that you are led by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God just the way that Jesus walked among his disciples, just the same way God walked among the tribes of Israel. The Holy Spirit is there to lead you. The Bible says, walk by the Walk, be led by the Spirit, be guided by the Spirit. In First Corinthians 6, it says this. Um, 6, it says about uh, that we are the temple of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is within with us. For we are the temple of the Lord. Uh, like how God has said in verse 6, 16, i will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and i will be their god and they will be my people therefore go out from the midst of midst of others who do not believe and be separated from them or be sanctified says the lord touch no unclean thing and then i will welcome you i will be a father to you and you will be sons and daughters says the almighty lord and uh, paul who writes this says since we have these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit bringing holiness to completion in the fear of god see this is this is what we look ahead for that we live in extreme communion with the holy spirit ask him to lead you The next week, we will also go through the same portion again. This entire thing from is Jesus reclaiming and reciting and retelling the story of Exodus again and again and again, saying that you are my people and I love you. I will lead you. I am the good shepherd. Ephesians 2, 21-22 says, We are the temple of the Lord. So it's not just you and me alone, but we together, the church is the temple of the Lord. We are being built together. James 5, 7 says, Brothers, let's wait, like how the farmers wait for the spring rain and autumn rain, let's wait for the Lord's coming. Revelation 21 says, I am the beginning and end. I will give water to those who are thirsty. Therefore, if we have people who are living in this world, eagerly waiting for the Lord, eagerly waiting that the, um, there's a portion in the Bible that says, just like the waters cover the sea, the glory of the Lord will cover the world. This, that This entire process, you know, when they poured this, they said, yes, one day the entire world will know you. Jesus is saying that, here, listen, if you do this, if you follow me, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit is coming. Holy Spirit is given. Jesus says to them, if you believe in me, you have the Holy Spirit. But then, brothers and sisters, it's our duty to live in communion with the Holy Spirit. A Christian who walks a Christian life without a close and expedient, experiential presence of the holy spirit someone trying to drive a car without fuel you know you can put whatever in it and you'll you can you can put it to a hill you'll have these beautiful hills and hills in your life where you somehow reached a place and then you sit in a car it rolls down and you're like yes i'm riding my christian life But, brothers and sisters, there's going to be again a valley, and then you'll have to climb up a hill. You cannot pretend, you cannot pretend that just a theoretical knowledge of the Holy Spirit is enough. You need to be led. Prayer is boring and hard if it's not done with the if it's not led by the Holy Spirit. It's meth. It's very. It's very methodical. It's very repetitive. You know the same words. You don't pray. It's mundane or theoretical. Bible study sounds theoretical and mundane, or spiritual warfare sounds impossible, or you you want to equip yourself and you're you're finding yourself in the wrong armor, is because you are not. Being led by the Holy Spirit. He is that arm. Um, he is the one who dresses you up. Not you. He is the one who equips you. The Holy Spirit is there for us. The Bible says, Paul says, do not be intoxicated with uh, be, with alcohol, but be intoxicated with the Spirit of God. You know, this is the question. Are you intoxicated? with God. That I mean, <laughs> this is very cute. Um cartoon that I saw a few days ago. A most someone was saying, I want to be filled with the power of the Lord, with the presence of the Lord, with the word of my God, to be saturated with God. That when a mosquito bites, it <laughs> starts singing there is power, power, what working power!" Brothers and sisters, This is what it means to be intoxicated. I'm not talking, please do not misunderstand what I mean by being led by the Holy Spirit and being in communion with the Holy Spirit and confusing them with the spiritual gift. I'm not talking about both of them as one. I'm not talking about the weird signs that you've seen people walking in certain churches. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a man who is led by God, who makes the decision to honor God. Whose words matter. A Sam's one type of man. We always talk about Proverbs thirty type of woman. Let me tell you, this is Sam's one type of man who is led by the Holy Spirit. He has nothing to do with the sinners. He is like the tree planted by the tree. He is going to bear the fruits in the right season. but That is only because he is being managed, controlled, grown, raised, nurtured by the Holy Spirit. So, let's recap before we close again final recap Jesus is a rock he provides the water he provides the water freely he provides the water for all he knows we thirst and he will quench our thirst we need him today we needed him yesterday and we need him for tomorrow he promised us that he will never leave us and that is why the Holy Spirit is there therefore let us rely let us be intoxicated let us be filled with God Bible says those who are filled with God walk with clear conscience let us do that God bless you